Today I have the privilege of interviewing Falk Kestler, a friend of mine, a German artist, who I have had many fruitful and valuable discussions with. Um, we have not seen each other in a couple of years, but uh, I thought to invite him on the show because of the many great insights that he has shared with me over the years, uh, because of the intuitive uh, character that he has and I'm hoping to ask him lots of questions about intuition, about the harmony between the body and the spirit, about the progress of technology and our connection to nature. Are we losing it? Uh, do we need to improve on that front? And so the following discussion ensued. Hello, nice Falk. to see you today. Yes, it's been a few years. Thank you for yeah. having the time to speak to me. Mm. Um, the podcast is whoamipodcast.com. Everyone can see our uh, episodes from the past on there. And I thought of my old friend Falk and that he would be a, a fitting guest for the podcast because in, in my view, he is a very intuitive person. Uh, a spiritual person, um, sensitive to some of the signals that a lot of us ignore every day because we spend so much time in our heads. Um, Falk just said earlier to me that a lot of people seem to only want to be their brain connected to a computer and everything else doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> what is your perspective on, on the importance of, of the body and the spirit and sensitivity to lots of different signals, not just material, visible signals. Well, I think human existence is a miracle for everyone. It doesn't matter uh, where you come from, or if you're disabled, or um, if you're impaired in any way. Um, there are so many miracles that we completely take for granted, just like thinking. I mean, the, the way our brain works is completely mesmerizing, and unfortunately, we can't take a look into our own brain how it functions but um it's just amazing and i'm very grateful that i can experience life in this in this form um sometimes i imagine myself being an animal i try to see the world through their eyes i sometimes impersonate a, a bird flying to a, to a forest um try to imagine how he sees the trees and how he navigates through and um yeah i think our time has, uh, has evolved humans to be rather neurotic, um, self-centered beings um, that tack their lives after their technical devices. Mm -hmm. And um, it's exactly what you say, that we really need to start listening more to our real needs and that we need to find a balance with all this um, development. Um, because it's fun, it's, it's fun to, to get all the new products, to see all the developments, but mm. they're not human development, they're technical development. So it's very questionable if I become a better person or a better character through using new technology. It, it just doesn't improve my life uh, as much as a good friendship, for example. So um, it's, um, I know that technical marvels have always entertained 
humankind. Automatons exist in the early uh, medieval times. Um, the Japanese have invented fabulous robotics uh, um, since, since a long time ago. And so I understand the fascination of humans to create a form of life mm -hmm. uh, on a mechanical or technical level, but it just does never ever replace um, the emotional um, depth that a human connection can give to you. And so I think we really need to get back to the roots and, and start to fall in love again with being human. Yeah. Yeah, I, I share that sentiment. Um, I started out my career in computer science. And so I was surrounded by people who believe that a human is an automaton. It's just a very complex one, one that we don't understand yet, you know, because they believe yeah. that you can reduce everything to formulas. So I, I remember one, one fellow um, a PhD student said, biology is basically chemistry. Oh, no, no. He started with sociology is basically biology. Biology is basically chemistry. Chemistry is basically physics. Physics is basically math. <laughs> and so this is extreme reductionism, but that's what a lot of them believe, even though there's no, no is proof basically for it. very boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they like the predictability, you know, uh, in physics, for example, mm -hmm. uh, uh, people believe that mm -hmm. everything is made up of particles. And if you know the position and the speed and direction of every particle, then you can predict everything. And, and you can also do the opposite and, and uh, find out everything that happened in the past. So this is a very deterministic worldview. Yeah. Unfortunately, all of those people made one big mistake because they never understood the value of the exception. And yeah. um, the, so to live on a planet um, that is an absolute anomaly where life thrives and blossoms as mm -hmm. it does it's an absolute exception and anomaly. And uh, I think we need to look at it from this perspective because in physics, we have all these set laws that have certain boundaries and we know they function to a certain degree and it's mm. not more than that. But an anomaly always has its own rules that are completely unpredictable. And that's exactly what we are going through in our life. It, it's completely unpredictable. There's, there's no, I mean, nobody knows what the next day will bring or if you're going to wake up and be a different person because you had a brain hemorrhage or something. Mm -hmm. It's completely not in your hands. And so our quest for security sometimes brings us to these extremes that are rather unhealthy. I, I like how you, how you show that scientists have emotional drives as well. They might not be aware of them because, like I said, they spend a lot of time in their head and they think, oh, it's just yep. so exciting to discover the universe. But actually, it's quite <laughs> arrogant or, or you could say naive of them to, to postulate laws or to at least use the word law, <clears throat> because all, all they're doing <clears throat> is uh, recognizing patterns. But like you said, they have their limitations and we should never expect that this lawfulness this predictability extends to everything in the universe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i think we should also be grateful for people like that because people who spend a lot of time in their brain they know how it works you know they they sacrifice emotions to to do other achievements and that also feeds the system so we need to have gratitude for every part for every human yeah. 
who who adds a little something on on whatever level it is i mean that's uh that's the that's the concept of accepting the whole um so you know of course i'm i'm i am very emotional i'm very soulful person i'm that's i turned my job into this i mm. i turned Good. feeling into into art and i translate that into money and so as to sustain my life mm -hmm. so um this is where i um see my big abilities that's where i feel that my my powers and my talents are and so i do what's natural and just push forward with it yeah even though my my strength is the intellectual side of things i think it's sad when i see how a lot of the funding in the industry and at university goes into the technical um mm -hmm. you know hard sciences mm -hmm. uh, yeah. because that's where innovation is in the industry and where money can be made mm. but that doesn't mean that's that's yeah. only one value that we should use to mm -hmm. measure progress and and I thriving mean, it, if we look at world history um it's very interesting to see that there are a couple of people who have changed history until now just by work there are uh, Mahatma Gandhi or Jesus Christ or Confucius or Buddha, um, even imaginative uh, figures, historical figures. Mm. Um, it doesn't matter. But the, um, there is Victor Hugo who said, uh, there is nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And it doesn't matter in which field um, this type of power um, happens. But if it's intellectual, then good for you, William, because you will have a big impact on, on the world. But um, right now we live in a we live in a time where the planet is, you know, being robbed of all the resources that there are, and it will run out. I mean, it's it's complete nonsense to to live in a system that is, uh, as we know, it's it's going to deplete completely. You know, there is no more. There is no increase in real value. So the only way how humanity can progress ever is through intelligence, intellect, creativity. It's all the internal processes. And, and the planet is only here to help us sustain that to the, to the best level. Um, because the, 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 the factual possible combinations we can make in our brains are far more than anything we could um, build uh, on as chemical components here on the earth so it's it to me it makes no sense to go into the material world basically and and try to build uh security there for me it's more um interesting to go into the spiritual and intellectual world and find um find content there for the future because intelligence is a, is a completely undepletable resource um it's interesting how you say that intelligence uh, can always progress further. Uh, Albert mm -hmm. Einstein said that the level of intelligence that you were at, like you personally or humanity in general, when a problem was created is not sufficient to solve the problem. You need to raise the level of intelligence or, or perception or mm -hmm. whatever is required to mm -hmm. find the solution. And that mm -hmm. is always possible. Mm -hmm. So, well, our uh, yeah. problem right now with with resources on the earth is not necessarily to migrate to mars right 
No, and, and that's complete nonsense. It's, it's one of those things where somebody can prove to be the best or to be the first, but it's just complete useless crap. I mean, who cares? Who cares? We have enough problems on this planet that can be solved with all the money that's being wasted on such mm. projects uh, in the name of whatever it is, science or science fiction. Um, but it's, it's complete and utter nonsense. I mean, and, and those people who do these projects, they will sit there listening to what I say and say, oh my goodness, this artist, he's complete nonsense because he's wasting whatever. But um, I mean, what really matters at the end of the day is that you can fall asleep with a smile on your face mm. and that's worth all the, all those things. So, um, but to, to answer the question, um, a friend of mine once said, um, sometimes the right thing to do is not to take a step forward, but to take a step backward. And um, I think as humanity, the time is right to take a step back because we've overheated so many things. We are overusing the planet. We're overusing everything. Uh, it, it, it's like a, a, uh, um, an, a feast um, where uh, a carnage, where everybody is just devouring whatever they mm -hmm. can. And it's just not healthy. It's, uh, it's, it's not right. We need to do some fasting fasting yes, detoxing that is just... a good that's a good thing that you're saying that yeah. uh, fasting is a, um, a medically acclaimed uh, mm. healing method in russia and germany for example where you have fasting retreats there's this uh, billionaire burned out manager who was thinking about shooting himself um, and he had this alcohol cocaine addiction and then he did this hardcore fasting marathon of weeks without food and mm. I think four days without water or something. Wow. It was very extreme. And he said the physical pain he was in was severe. But once he overcame this threshold, he was freed of all of these uh, bad things that he had uh, suffered from in the past. And so fasting is, uh, would be very advisable for humankind in our situation yeah. for lots of different things i mean the body just gets more energy that because it is no longer used for um uh, digestion for it's no longer used for digestion and then it can be used to heal the cells um, yeah. you mentioned the the physical world um what else is there mm -hmm. well um every human has his or her own reality um and we're all individually equipped to um, navigate between those. So we have the tangible physical world, then we have a sensory world, we have an emotional world, a psychological world, we have a spiritual world. Um, all of those are accessible uh, more or less, uh, depending on your horizon, I would say, mm -hmm. and on your abilities. Um, and so the value, if, of each life is determined by how much you can source from your own reality and bring it into this life to share it with others. Um, I think that is essentially a description that will fit for most of the people who achieved something mm. because uh, they've worked really hard in their own little world and then brought forth something that they shared with the big 
wide world um, outside of themselves. You said it's nice how people complement each other. You know, you have yeah. intellectual people, emotional yeah. people. Uh, yeah. Inspiration. There is value. There is value in every single one. There's there's no one. Humans are never wasted. There right. is no human that is ever waste. And we also need to include all those people who we think are malfunctioning or or doing really bad things. I mean, of course, they are disturbance to, to our moral values or whatever, but they still have a part in the whole system. And that's why I like uh, the, the Chinese uh, worldview with the yin and yang, that we need opposing powers to create dynamics. And so... Um, Sometimes it's very hard uh, to accept uh, opposition, but it's very necessary actually for progress in itself to, 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 to happen. I think ideally these, these different perspectives and parts uh, should not only be represented in society, but in myself. So I, mm. I started out with, with the intellectual side being my strength. And mm. over time I be began to, um, like uh, to to value the other parts as well so um, i think that's also one of the reasons i thought of inviting you on the podcast i'm working on my intuitive side i'm trying to learn more about vibrations frequencies that are supposed to be um, in the world and in our bodies and we have yes. these auras and we send out electromagnetic signals that can be measured it's not all just a pseudoscience yeah. What is your experience Absolutely. with that? Well, I am leading my life on the basis of all of that. And for me, it is a science. Um, mm -hmm. And to the one who, who's open for it and who's also able to, to um, experience that, I can explain it very well and it will make sense to them. And if I try to explain it to someone who isn't that keen on experiencing invisible, intangible uh, things, then... <laughs> It might be a little bit of a struggle, but um, I like to compare it to that um, scene um, where uh, in a movie uh, a knight is looking for the Holy Grail and um, he spots it across an abyss um, mm -hmm. that he has to cross. And there are no, there is no bridge, there are no stones and nothing. But uh, the only thing that will hold him in the air is his confidence and the faith. And so he takes a leap of faith forward and uh, miraculously he does not fall into that abyss but he stands in the air and then can cross through the entire uh, length of that um, void um, to get to the grail. Is that and what the Indiana Jones story is based on? Yes exactly okay. that, it's, the, it's, it's that medieval story of, of, of faith holding you up okay. um, and, and that's that's what I enjoy, you know? Some people like rock climbing and I just like to trust myself that my gut instinct is right. Mm. And that is just as much of, as a risk and an adrenaline kick to, to go that way. And it's just as fun. Uh, the good thing is I don't have to risk my physical health <laughs> for that. So, you know, I could fall from a mountain and then be in hospital for two years or I don't know. Um, but um, <laughs> if I... If I intellectually fall from a daring cliff I went to, I might not fall as badly and not hurt myself too much. But you might make big decisions based on intuitions, 
too, right? So yes, even though they might not be physically dangerous, they can have a, a huge oh, yes. impact on your life. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, try to reason it out. That's always the best thing to start with. And then I always add in a little bit of emotion and intuition to try to feel uh, if something is good and try to feel um, into an era where I look into the future and I say, would I want to live without having made this decision? Hmm. And so um, by reason of deduction, that's usually how I go. Um, I uh, make a decision. And just recently, I've made a couple of really crazy decisions where everybody will be like, oh my goodness, what have you been doing? But, you know, I enjoy that. <laughs> um, so let me tell you, um, as an artist, I always look for new fields of where I can develop into. And so I have this Syrian friend who had fled the war mm -hmm. and he comes from a family of people who make carpet. They have big factories, uh, big machines. They work for the Saudi royal family and they're very well known. And I always wanted to make carpet, <laughs> which is crazy. But <laughs> anyway. So um, I took one of my artworks, took a high-res uh, image of it, and then asked him if he was a, would be able to, to weave that as a carpet. And so three months down, I have the carpet in my studio, and I was so happy with it that I spent a lot of money to buy more because I love them so much. So um, yeah, that's just <laughs> something that I did recently which is a little bit out of the ordinary. And, and I can only hope that it, that it pays off uh, in some way. Um, yeah, but uh, it's something very beautiful. Um, and it goes along with the message we've talked about in the, in the first part where I said, I wanna bring um, people back to nature. Uh, this carpet, for example, it has a sand color and in the middle there's uh, a blue spot, which looks like an ink blot but it's actually wave. And um, so the message behind that carpet is that you have a piece of the ocean inside of your living room and uh, it's very soft, it's very silky. And when you step on it, it will leave behind a footprint just like at the beach, mm. um, you know? And so during COVID times where people were not able to go out, I was like, hey, I really wanna do something to bring nature back to them back home feel the the gentle love that we can feel in nature and that's that's why i made these carpets so yeah a okay, little magic yeah. carpet ride but let's get into how art can help us uh heal yeah. emotionally and spiritually yeah so when and and we could use the example of the carpet i, I like that uh, mm -hmm. idea at, at first my thought was this can help people because it activates the concepts in their mind about nature, uh, maybe remembers, maybe they remember a, a time when they felt connected to nature and more, mm -hmm. more uh, fulfilled that way. Yeah. But yeah. but is there maybe more to it? Is there actually something like a a frequency that the carpet has brought from the ocean into my home? These are the kinds of questions I'm, I'm asking myself right now, trying to figure out. Well, I mean. The, the Catholic Church has, has used that principle, which you're uh, illuminating uh, in the terms of the relics. Um, mm. I mean, they have 
fabric that was touched by some bones from some deceased person and and they say oh it will heal something mm -hmm. but uh in fact my carpets haven't been to the ocean they have not been inside the ocean but um there is a message transmitted in them a tangible message because you mm -hmm. can touch them your body can have an, an, a sensory experience and the other type of message is the message of the artwork um, because I chose something that will fit into that. Um, so the, the, the connection where you can get something from will be this intellectual connection mm -hmm. and the sensory connection that you can make. And it's a double, it's a double win because both of them feel very good. And so it, it enhances the entire experience. Right now, with isolation, everyone is trying to reconstruct the, the world and the life we had before through mm -hmm. virtual means, you know, through, mm -hmm. well, what we're doing right now is a conversation where yeah. the natural way would be for us to be in the same room or, you know, in near each yeah. other and actually see yeah. each other directly and use air to transmit sounds mm -hmm. rather than a microphone and a speaker and a screen and a camera. So yeah. what do you think it's lost in, in this simulated simulated life? All these sensory, all these sensory uh, things. I mean, when we look at how people are born, uh, we are surrounded in our mother's womb by water. Um, mm -hmm. As we know, water is not very compressible. So all the frequencies, all the waves, they travel through this water in the womb and they reach our skin and they mm -hmm. get into our body basically uh, into our physical memory and so you know this void of covid um the sensory void of covid is it's not very healthy and it's uh, that's why antidepressants are are very common mm -hmm. you know a big boost for that industry yay but um <laughs> it's ridiculous i mean uh we we shouldn't we shouldn't um live like that it's, it's not what we're meant to be and not how we're how we're happy yeah yeah that's another big issue we're trying to force health you could say mm -hmm. we're trying yeah. to reconstruct health in an artificial way uh, you know doing everything the material way uh, sending a, a so-called vaccine into people's physical system that mm -hmm. will create the virus in order to build the antibodies. So this is a very new way of, of actually, immunizing. No, actually, this is this has always been exactly like that. I mean, the story of immunizing is exactly that, that you very slowly poison someone to mm. create an anti-poison. So that's it's that's how it's done. It's very normal. Um, um, However, I feel that our emotional health is just suffering more than our physic, physical mm -hmm. health. I mean, we, we, if we talk about the, this, this pandemic, um, we know that people who suffer uh, fatally or, or long-term, uh, in, term, in terms of long-term suffering, they're the exception. So, um, and they will always be the exception. It doesn't matter how many mutations there are in this virus, it will just affect a certain amount of people badly. Mm -hmm. And the rest, they will have like, you know, 
little symptoms of cold. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? Why are we doing so much against that? It's, it's not adequate in my, in my personal opinion. Would you like homeopathic methods to be more common? Or? I don't know. It's, it's, you know, nature is trying to show us that we can continue mm -hmm. the way we have with COVID. I like to compare uh, COVID with the sinking of the Titanic. And the Titanic is the globalized uh, economy. Mm -hmm. um, and our human pride that we are unbeatable and that we are stronger than Mother Nature. So um, it's, for me, it's like arm wrestling, you know, our Western developed world against mother nature and her laws and what she thinks is best. Mm. And I'm like, well, whatever billion dollars you put in that, you will never win that fight. Just, just leave it, just let it go. You know, you will, you will gain more experience and learning from that than by trying to beat, um, the system where you have actually come from yeah. because mother earth is more experienced than we are we are what I'm, I'm 34 how can i try to tell mother earth who is a couple of million years old i mean that's it doesn't make sense and and we've tried we've built systems like these big termite colonies these castles this is what i sometimes compare humanity to we make war between these colonies sometimes yeah. and but some, someday they'll just die out. They will become empty because they've overdone. They've grown too big. They're, 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 they've overcooked themselves, basically. And that's where we're heading towards. That's where we're overheating everything and we need to really cool down. Yeah. Calm so, down, cool so we've, down. We've used greed as, a, as an orientation of what, mm. what direction to move in. And yeah. we've kind of forced everyone to go along by making yeah. their livelihood dependable, uh, dependent on the economy that has been built for them. So yeah. what can we do to reunite with nature and, and to cool down this system? Well, we have to, the first step is to really start loving yourself as a human being and not as a means for a career. I mean, I always say my career won't come to my funeral and my bank account will not shed a single tear when I'm gone. The only thing that really matters is the people, um, the people that I love and the people who love me and the impact that I leave behind. Um, I, I really worry that uh, greed and money is like a new type of world religion um, mm. that affects even the last Indian in the Amazon jungle or in Indonesia. Um, just to give a quick example, um, we all know jewelry is quite expensive and there are some pearls that are uh, so rare um, that they command millions of dollars. And uh, those pearls come from the conch um, conch uh, shells of very rare um, sea mollusks, mollusks, and they are the only ones who see who eat um, sea stars. Mm -hmm. And as we know, sea stars they like to eat corals, and corals are responsible for ninety percent of the oxygen production mm -hmm. on this planet. So these poor. Indians, these poor natives in Indonesia, they go around killing all these conch 
cells, all these conch uh, um, animals to, to find, maybe find one pearl in 10,000 killed animals and then sell it for, I don't know, $2,000 mm -hmm. and basically create a chain reaction that kills the entire uh, uh, marine ecosystem in this region. And is that really worth it? I mean, just so that some American millionaire can shove her new earrings at a dinner party with some champagne, is that worth it? Come on, we're better than that. Um, so what we need to do is we need to step down from, from what we have and start the competition of who we are because um, it doesn't matter what you have, we, we all die with nothing. You know, we come with mm -hmm. nothing, we go with nothing. Um, and my credo is that the only thing we really have is responsibility. And by that, I mean that we have the responsibility to, to lead a good life, um, to share, um, to contribute and to teach um, and then to leave th this place better than we found it. Yeah, so in, in a way, we, we want to provide a, a good habitat for the generation after us, uh -huh. uh, because we were also blessed with, with many good things. Uh -huh. so, so we need to get back to humility. I mean, uh -huh. we, we know that the world is really overheating because of the seven deadly sins. Um, but there's a counterbalance, there is an antidote, um, there is a vaccine against uh, a system like this, and it is compassion, it's love, it's humility, it's gratitude, it's, it's all those positive virtues that have completely fallen out of fashion, and they're, they're celebrated as mock-ups, really, because we know that all those big companies, they have their charitable organizations where they spend $2 million on poor people in Africa, but the next day they sign this contract to, to source all the water from, from their land. And so they will mm -hmm. die or people in India are committing suicides in the thousands because their crops won't grow anymore um, because they've used a bad fertilizer from, from a big company in America. So, um, it's very unfortunate to witness these developments, but as an artist, I try to have an impact on, uh, on an intellectual and an art artistic level that counterbalances all these bad things, because my job is not to comment the present, it's to really improve the future. Yeah, I also like to be future-oriented and solutions-oriented, mm -hmm. as important as it is to identify problems. Yeah. Because like... identify, identifying the problem won't help the problem to go away. Yeah. You know, you... Albert Einstein said, there's, there's nothing as uninteresting as the newspaper from yesterday. <laughs> so why, why talk about all those things that we know already because we're going through? We need to find the solutions to them. And I've, I've already found a long-term solution for what we need as humans. And that's really more love and compassion. It seems like... Um... In some parts of the world, we, we have figured out how to live prosperously, you know, where we have plenty of mm -hmm. food and other material things. Mm -hmm. 
and and not everyone in those in those uh, nations and, and continents, but at least a part of those societies. Yeah. But that the technologies that we have used are like are beyond our intelligence. It's like giving uh -huh. a child a car and then hoping that it's uh -huh. able to use it the right way and, and not yeah. abuse it. So people or certain yeah. people seem not to be um, mature enough to deal with, uh, yeah. with the means and the power that they've been given. And you I see, like what you said about responsibility. It needs to be yeah. spread out more. Everyone needs to be mm -hmm. able to look after themselves and not depend mm -hmm. on some local or national government mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. everything for them. Well, it's good to have social system that really backs you up when you have an accident or when you need a hospital or a good doctor. It's, it's very useful to have things like that. And I'm very gra grateful that I can live in Germany where things are, things are set up very well. Um, but I wanted to add something um, because I think that um, the biggest mistake technology has ever made is to never consider giving back to nature. Mm. I mean, we have built up all these systems only to serve our own needs. And that is so self-centered and so selfish and so unreflected. Um, we have to at least give back to nature 50%. Um, you know, we don't need all the water. We don't mm. need all this food. We don't need meat so much. We don't need all these things. I mean, everybody can look up the numbers on, on how much um land is used for crop production mm -hmm. and only 10 percent of that is used for human consumption and the rest is to feed the animals that we eat it's absolutely <laughs> yeah anyway it's crazy it's so, not sustainable yeah exactly it's completely unsustainable and it's a big mistake to think that we don't have to give back mm -hmm. it's um we're taking taking and taking from mother nature but we're never giving back and one day I came to this conclusion where I said, the quality of a society is measured by how their waste reintegrates into the cycle of nature. Hmm. Because if we have, if we're close to nature and friendly with her, we always create waste that will reintegrate very quickly because the entire planet is based on a circle that gives back to itself you know yeah. look at how rain falls look at the oceans they give the the water into the air and then it comes back down and so there is a constant cycle and we humans we have interrupted that cycle and we are the interruption to that cycle because we're selfish and we need to understand ourselves as, a, as an extension of nature and we have a constant responsibility to give back to nature something good. And if we could start using technology to improve that, then we are going to win, you know? I mean, China has made a big change in their policy um, when Xi Jinping said, um, clear water and fresh air is more valuable than silver and gold. Mm -hmm. They started to, um, forest uh, um, instead of deforestation they started to plant trees in the desert um, they started to plant 
millions of hectares of forest around their mega cities to clear the, clear up the air and they're doing very good they've come up with um, a new fertilizer component that is so inexpensive that it beats all the chemical products on the market and it is made from uh, from the byproduct of rice production so it's so inexpensive and it's completely natural and when you mix it with sand it becomes instant soil well. it's ingenious it's ingenious i mean i hope that they will push this forward because uh sometimes nations just come up with these really big inventions that can benefit and save an entire world and i think the chinese are onto something big with with that I'm glad that they that they followed the principle that I highlighted earlier and start to give back to nature with technology. Yeah, the there are plenty of uh, inventions by people to mm. to clean up the mess we make mm. uh, for free energy. I'm, I'm watching a documentary on that right now called Thrive. Yeah, um, yeah. thorium we, thorium is a solution. It's a complete. Uh, alternative to a radioactive uh, energy sourcing it's been fully developed in the 60s and approved but the supreme court in the us then objected the project because the military had uh, intervened and said i'm sorry we, we can't use thorium to build our atomic bomb nuclear weapons <laughs> and so they said oh yeah you're right so we better leave it um the consequence of this is of course that any nuclear power plant is basically a static static uh, nuclear bomb mm -hmm. um, and uh, all the waste is is very harmful for so long it's yeah. i don't know who in the world with good reason could say that this is efficient um, from all the plutonium that is used in these power plants only seven percent can be turned into energy mm. And then the material is so brittle that no further energy can be extracted. So it has to go into these dumps and sit there for 50,000 years. With thorium, you can convert 99.9% .9 of thorium into energy. And it's very, it's very mildly radioactive and there's almost no waste at all that is left behind. So, you know, we just need Elon Musk to to get on and 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 do the thing, and then we're all happy. <laughs> is he is he into thorium and and alternative energy sources? Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I mean, his mind is occupied with with all these like space races. Yeah. Uh, who cares? Whatever, it's ridiculous. I mean, what does he want to do on the moon? Plant salad? <laughs> Uh, if we have all the ingenuity we need to solve these problems, mm. what is missing? Why? What's blocking them? You you mentioned the, the, the Supreme Court, but so is it is it the urgency, uh, or is something blocking the the yeah. thinking of people? Usually, usually people need a really big hit on their face to know that they're going the wrong way, um, and so humanity will face its own extinction uh, to a large degree in the next couple of years because of their stupidity and greed but that's how it's always been so we it's just like, need to hope for the best that it's we're like not in the, the movie ones. the day the earth stood still i think is the name uh, with, i haven't seen that one keanu reeves is an alien and he comes to earth <laughs> to, he comes to save the earth from okay. humanity 
because ah, that's great yeah. <laughs> because the earth doesn't nice need thought. humans humans need the earth to survive yeah, the yeah. Earth will survive yeah. long after we're gone unless we destroy it completely but but humans also need humans to survive <laughs> that's so where it's all interdependable there's no there's no one who can be left out um basically it's it's crazy to think like that but it is um and we've just lost focus I think humanity really lost focus. We're serving systems, we're serving interests and, and, and contracts, but we're not serving humanity. We're not serving the big goal. We're not serving sustainability or we're not serving a better future, you know? And, and, and the systems politically, economically, they all need to adapt, re-adapt to that. And, Germany had the best chancellors right after the war, after the Second World War, mm -hmm. because everybody was on the same level. Everybody had nothing. So, you know, they were on the same boat and they said, let's go fill it up back together. Adenauer, so, right? Yeah, Adenauer and so on. There's just the first couple of, of, um, of chancellors, Willy mm -hmm. Brandt, Helmut Schmidt. Um, so, and now then, after Germany was built up again and everything was going, all of a sudden there was a shift in politics where uh, the needs of the people were not interesting anymore. It was only to sustain a, a functioning economy. And so that's what we're witnessing today because you know everything is just done for the sake of the economy and, and that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. My life is not about the economy. <laughs>